Bonjour, hello, and thanks for listening. This is episode two of Keeping Up with Conrad, a podcast about nothing and everything. Really want to thank everyone for listening to my unedited podcast. Currently, this podcast is just about myself, but that's going to run out at some point, and then I'm going to have to talk about other things. I hope everyone is doing great during these crazy times. Um, I hope you're all staying home. You're practicing social distancing. I am practicing social distancing. I am talking to people on the telephone. I am, however, going to grocery stores for people that are unable to leave their home. So if anyone does need anything while I'm healthy, contact me. Uh, There's so many things you can do at home. Just make sure to keep your mental health up that you do work out. Because once you do a workout, you just feel alive. Even if it's five minutes, ten minutes, do something to stimulate that brain and you feel great. A few things I've been doing during social isolation and the quarantine. I've been doing a few home workouts called Getting Cut with Khan. I uh, do about 20-25 minutes of weights, kettlebells, and then I go outside and I do a 20-40 to minute walk slash run. I'm trying to learn how to run from the couch to 5k. I'm also doing a lot of Netflix in quarantine. Me and some girls from school had a car and we drove real far. It's the summer of 99. So the summer of 99... You know, I was a very big into drama. I've always enjoyed entertaining. And I was in drama for many, many, many years. The great lady Charlotte would teach the drama, Costume Capers in Nova Scotia. I think it's still kicking around. But I used to go to drama comp all the time. But now it's the summer of 99. And I'm heading in to be a camp counselor. Week-long drama camp. Not only did I get a few dollars, paid a few dollars, I got to be a counselor. I mean, okay, it was drama camp. I only had two boys to take care of. And then one of my besties, who's still a good friend, she was another counselor. And uh, the kids used to come to camp, and they weren't allowed to bring their own candy. It was just a rule. You'd have your treats at another end of the day, but they weren't allowed to bring their own candy. So we had to go do candy chen checks bunk checks we called it because you didn't want 50 60 kids running around camp full of chocolate but i didn't mind us counselors full of chocolate so me and my friend we go around doing our camp bunks so we'd open up like you know to check underneath the pillows check underneath the mattress find some chocolate bars oh and did we find some chocolate bars Wonder Bars. So many kids had Wonder Bars. They were, oh, and there's peanut butter in the Wonder Bars. They were delicious. And we'd have to confiscate that that candy, you know, confiscate it to, to bring up to the main kitchen. No. Brought it into my belly and into my friend's belly, the other counselor. And we were really silly going in, like, the summer of 99 that we would actually take pictures of ourselves with the kids' chocolate bars. And then it would be on one of those old-school cameras. I remember many, 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 many years later, I was at a bar or pub having a beer, and uh, some girl introduced her, like, oh, I remember you. She's like, you were a camp counselor when I went to camp years ago. And years later, we developed those pictures, and there was a picture of me and Megan (laughs) with the chocolate bars. Oh. 
So the pit pony days are over. My camp counseling's over. What's a kid to do? I went to the movies all the time. I loved going to the movie theater. I was that kid who would buy the large popcorn. You'd get your free refills. And I'd bring the same bag week after week after week. So that one large bag of popcorn probably got me, I'm not going to lie, 50 to 60 or maybe more refills. I mean, the bag, I'd keep it in the bag in the fridge. The bag would get a little rusty. I'd give it a little rip when I'm up at the counter asking for my free refill. And then they'd have to get me a new bag because my bag was ripped. I'd be like, can I get a refill and three ice waters, please? Thanks. Then i go put some of that butter on it. Good old days. So, I mean, I'm only 15 years old, and I couldn't get a job, and Pipponi was canceled, so, you know, I had to, I had to find a way to make, to make a few dollars. So, my mother, back in the day, used to be a smoker. I wasn't a smoker, but I would uh, sneak upstairs and grab a couple of smokes when they're in bed, and, you know, by the start of the school year, I must have had a full pack. Anyways, I know there was going to be smokers in the high school. So when I started school and I knew who the smokers were, I'd sell a smoke. One for 50 cents. Or I'd give them a deal, three for a dollar. You know, I was always trying to make a few dollars. Still trying to make a few dollars. Always liked my money. And I was the type of kid who had envelopes, envelopes, envelopes underneath my bed. I had so many envelopes underneath my bed filled with money. Back to school clothes. And I'd have my savings and my future trip plans. And, like, who keeps money underneath their bed? I did. Anyway, so I go into high school. And, I mean, I wasn't really nervous about high school. Because I went to the other junior high. And I felt like, and then my old elementary friends, we were all intertwining into high school. Yeah, I was a gay male going into high school. I mean, not openly gay male going into high school, but all what it took is somebody to tell me. I mean, the boys did call me Fruit Newton, but it didn't bother me. So, so I joined the Interact Club in high school, and that was a club where you would uh, volunteer, so you're being interactive with the community. And the teacher that was maintaining that, she'd, we'd have a schedule to different seniors' homes in the community you would go to and different other things you could do to volunteer. And I personally, I didn't have a job, I wasn't old enough, I would go to the Cove Guest Home in the Alzheimer's section and do activities. And I would go to the Soup Kitchen Loves and Fishes. So every Saturday I would do Loves and Fishes 9 to 12. And then I'd head, head on over to the Cove Guest Home 2 to 4. And I really, really enjoyed the Cove guest home. So I actually did that quite a lot more than Loaves and Fishes. I mean, I loved Loaves and Fishes and interacting. But I really enjoyed putting a smile on these Alzheimer's patients. And now I've been volunteering with the seniors for over 20 years. It was a great time because it was such a beautiful story working, volunteering at the Alzheimer's section. Every now and again, I'd bring a few extra of my girlfriends to come on in and a volunteer with me we'd play we'd be playing cribbage sometimes which i love cribbage we'd be playing we'd be bowling there was a story about these beautiful there was this old couple they were at the point in dementia where 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 they couldn't speak so they would just sit in the chair all day two or they'd sit in the couch all day holding hands they were both retired teachers 
Neither said anything, but they would just sit there with a smile on holding hands all day. And later on, one of the nurses told me that they were were actually a married couple for many years. And they both got dementia. And they were both severely into Alzheimer's, where they couldn't speak. And they would just sit there all day. And, you know, love knows no limits. Like, they knew they loved each other, and they would sit and hold hands. They didn't do much else, but they sat and hold hands. And it was so beautiful. And I'm a very empathetic person, and it was just a great, great experience. I also met a woman in there that I said she was the best volunteer. She was helping all the patients up. She was helping them do their hair, taking them to the bathroom. And I remember leaving one day, and I was telling Flo, the activity director, I said, Flo, I'm like, this volunteer here, she is a retired nurse on top of her game. She was telling me all her old stories from the wars. And then she's like, Glenn, that that, that woman is an actual patient. She just still thinks that she's a nurse. And she was a retired nurse. And I say, you know, that's a great patient to have. And she's very helpful. So it's three months before I'm 16 years old. And what does one do when they turn 16? They get their driver's license. So I started to learn how to drive. Taking that whatever course I had to take and... So I'm ready to go by July 10th. And I went and I uh, got my beginners, wrote my beginners, and, and I slowly was learning how to drive. And then three months to the day, I did my road test, and uh, I failed my road test. But then I put my acting in gear. And I did a little cry, and I said, you know how hard this was for me to get the $40 to write this test? And I'm failing by one point. Truth be told, I left my license that day. <laughs> so I got my driver's license. Now I'm 16. What's the first thing I'm going to do now is get a job. So my sister was working at the Petro Canada with her best friend. So then I went in for an interview and I got the job. And we were still hiring. So then I got my best friend's sister a job at the Petro. So it was me... My sister, my sister's best friend, and then my best friend's sister. We had a great team going. And then the owners, Brenda and I forget her husband's name. Anyways, it was a great first job. I mean, I really enjoyed working at a gas station. So, like, it would, I'd work on myself. It was an eight-pump gas station. We also had a car wash in the back. I'd have to, like, do dips every morning when you come in, or I think when you left as well, you had to do the dips. You had to turn the car wash off. It was a great first job, and it felt like you had a lot of responsibility as a 16-year-old. I mean, stocking the fridges, making sure the store looked good, mopping the floors. I learned how to use the mop. And I was the PetroPoints Boy of the Month every month, because I'd get so many people to sign up for PetroPoints. You all can thank me now, because... I probably got you on the start of gaining so many points. Um, also, I was the only boy that worked there, so I would have been the Petra Points Boy of the Month, no matter if I got one Petra Points in or not. So I really enjoyed that job, and it was funny because one time, Cape Breton Island, we were going through, well, all the world, I think, back in the early 2000s, was the anthrax scare. Everyone thought they were going to get anthrax in the mail or, or something. And I remember... If he spilled gasoline at the gas station, you'd have to dump this product on it. And then sw- and then it would harden under the product and you'd sweep it up and throw it in the garbage. 
Anyhow, so any times there was little gas spills at the pump, you know, just people not fully getting the gas in, I'd go out and clean that up when I had a ch- chance, when I wasn't busy. But I went to pick my sister up one night from work, and I'm helping her do her clothes while she's mopping, I take out the garbage. So I'm taking out the garbage, and I remember the garbage had a little rip in the bag, and I was throwing it up, and, you know, it, 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 some of that stuff that the chemicals that I used for the gasoline went onto the ground. I just threw the bag into the into the dumpster, and we called it a day, and we head on home. So I get home from high school the next day, and my sister was home from school, and she said, did you hear? This was before cell phones. We could text or call and blah, blah, blah. She she got pulled out of class because somebody was going through the Tim Hortons drive through and they seen that little greasy or rocky chemical. They called in an anthrax scare. They actually closed down the Petro-Canada. People went in with hazmat suits, which we probably see more in the world right now than we did back then. And... Um, they actually like went to my sister's university class, pulled her out of class to ask her all these questions about anthrax. It's really weird, crazy story. Because Cape Bretoners, we all crazy, right? Um, another thing, it was I was working at the Petro. It was one of those days where they thought gasoline was gonna go up. Now gasoline. So it was rumor day at the Petro Canada. And let me let you know, I wasn't pumping gas, okay? It was a self-serve gas station. I would never be able to pump gas. For years, I didn't even like to pump my own gas. I'd like to go to gas stations where they pump it for me. I like to be served. I'm a good server, but I also like to be served. So I was working at the gas station. It was that rumor day. And rumor day, I'd have probably five to six car pile-ups at my eight-person gas station, Okay. And the debit machines went down. The debit and credit machines. So I was credit card or cash only. And I couldn't get a hold of anyone to figure out how to fix the debit machine. So we did have this emergency backup, like the paper, where you put the credit card in, you go over, you slide it over and back and forth, and you get the person to sign that form. Anywho, I'm very book smart, and if I was trained, I'm very smart. But for, I couldn't, that, that machine is so common sense, but I so lack a lot of common sense that I couldn't figure it out. When I started working there, there was this all stop button and I've always wanted to press it, but it was like underneath a little plastic cover and I knew it would stop everything. And I really wanted to press that all stop button. Never did press it. Anyways, the debit and credit machines were down for quite a while. So... I ended up like writing, handwriting those little, little paper machine, visa machines. Anyways, it was a horrible day. It was a wild, busy day. And I ended up losing the company probably a couple thousand dollars. I don't even know. Maybe not that much back then, but after working a 6 a.m. shift till 11 p.m. shift, the next day I had a call. Brenda called me, and then I was at a, pulled over, and I pulled up at a payphone, and I called Brenda with my 25 cents, and she fired me over the telephone. So now, I don't have a job. But everything happens for a reason. Yes, I did love my very first job. I mean, it didn't pay very much. I think it was like $5, maybe $5.25, and I would work like,
I'd leave school early to work at the Petro-Canada. But everything happens for a reason. Everyone puts you on a different path, okay? Um, So my next job, I was a pavement pounder. I had to find another job. And I really didn't want to work fast food because I know I would have ate all the fast food. If I was working at KFC or McDonald's, I would be eating fried chicken all day long. And I'd end up turning into a piece of fried chicken. So I got a job at the movie theater. Dream job to this day. It was still my favorite job, okay? And after all the heartache and after all that popcorn refills I was doing years before, I didn't mind putting my time in at the movie theater because it was a great job. So I'd get me and myself, myself and a guest into the movies for free. We'd get half off concessions. So if I'm taking somebody to the movies, who is going to be paying for the concessions? Hello, the other person. So I would get my free food, got my friend in free to the movies, and I've always loved to go to the movies. It was a great time, actually. And one of my managers was the husband of the guy who did my de- my birthday party in grade 8. So I really enjoyed the movie theater, and I mean, I got some friends' jobs there. I made some amazing friends there. It was really, like, some of the best days of my life working at the movie theater. I loved it. To this day, I still think it was one of my favorite jobs. Empire Theaters. And, you know, I'd work... I never worked... I never worked box office there, but I'd do concessions or I'd do usher. And this is back in the day where... I mean, you didn't really have to recycle too much, but... At the beginning of the movie, I'd go up and say before the preview started, Hi, my name's Glenn, and I'll be your usher this evening. And I hope y'all enjoy the show. Now, it's a little bit busy tonight in the movie theater, so if you're if you're on the ends of the seats and there's some seat in the middle, if you don't mind just pushing in there. And also, after the show tonight, if you don't mind just collecting all your garbage and stashing your trash. Just at the back of the theater, we're going to have the garbage cans in. And if you can stash your trash tonight, that would be great. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. And thanks for coming to Empire. So living in Cape Breton Island, we never really went on any family vacations because there were so many people and the money wasn't there to go on these vacations. But... We went to, I think, like, we'd go camping, or we went to, once we went to New Brunswick, and I think New Brunswick was my first time ever even out of the province, and that was in junior high. And then once we did go to, uh, we did, the the six of us, we got on the ferry in North Sydney, and we took the ferry over to Newfoundland, and a bunch of us got seasick, and then we took the ferry back home. We never got off the ferry, so we were never in Newfoundland, but we were on the boat, and (laughs) those were the trips. So my very first time leaving Nova Scotia was with this school program. You had to write an essay, and they get chosen, and then you had to pay the money or fundraise the money, and it was Encounters with Canada. And I got to, you got to go for different types of weeks, and I wanted to go for arts and culture, but I ended up getting chosen for journalism week which was great as well so you got to go up to um uh, ottawa for a full week so me being from cape Breton island i'd never been on a plane before and uh i think my first plane experience was hilarious because the woman i was sitting next to kind of made me quite nervous like she was sitting there 
And she's like, oh, this is your first flight, dear. She's like, hold on. So she sprayed my face because she'd spray her face before she goes up in the air. Um, and then she'd put like a damp cloth over her face and close her eyes and squeeze my hand. She's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And it was just <laughs> such a weird time because that's how I thought I was going to have to get on the plane every time. Because first it was a small plane going from Sydney, Nova Scotia to Halifax wasn't a very big plane and then we had to go from Halifax to Ottawa anyhow the next plane was bigger I've flown many times after that but me going away I'm like the tourist okay I'm somebody who I never want to be and I never will be again but I'm the type I was my very first trip I'm in Ottawa with an Ottawa hat an Ottawa t-shirt and a camera around my neck to take pictures So I'm the full tourist taking all the photos. That was my first trip out of Nova Scotia. Um, Besides that one trip to New Brunswick. Then the next time I got to go away, my very next trip wasn't on the plane. It was by train. So the French immersion students went on a French immersion trip every year. Somehow me and my two best girlfriends, two other really good girlfriends that were in the English students... The three of us got to go on the French immersion trip. We had to write like an essay or a page long why we wanted to go on. And I mean, not all the French immersion students got to go on the French immersion trip. But me and my two girlfriends and the other French immersion students went on this trip. And I mean, we were going, this was grade 12, and we were going to, to old Quebec City. And we took the train from Truro to Quebec and... You know, some people were already 18, so they could drink, and, oh, this is where, like, my vacation started. Like, going on vacations is what turned me into the person I am today. You know, I'm truly blessed with a great high school experience. I know a lot of people that are gay, or, you know, not even outly gay, but people might think they're gay, have a very bad high school experience or they used to in the past back in my day it wasn't it was faux pas to be gay back back in the early 2000s but I had a a glorious experience Um, one of my best friends was a hockey guy so he would always be dating girls from other schools but then he also like played other hockey teams so he'd have friends from the other high schools so then he'd take me somewhere and I'd become friends with all those girls from that high school Then I had all the girls from my high school. So I had like a bunch of different groups of girls from my high school. A bunch of different groups from the other high school. So all the guys had to be nice to me. Yes, they might have called me Fruit Newton. Yes, they may have known I was gay. They could have told me. But I mean, if they wanted to hang out with the girls, they had to be nice to Glenny. That was me back then. And uh, I mean, I always had the most beautiful dates to the proms. And to the dances. I remember once, I, uh, first time having a few drinks, young age, I went to, I went to a dance, and, uh, one of the teachers smelt a little something off my breath, and I got kicked out of the dance, and I remember the teacher of the Interact Club, she's like, no, no, he's having a diabetic attack, he would never drink, and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't got diabetes. So after getting caught having a few too many drinks at the dance, 
I kindly had to exit the Interact Club because I wasn't a role model for other volunteers and it wasn't the way the Interact Club wanted to portray itself. So I did keep volunteering at the Cove Guest Home, but I was also working a lot and a lot, like sometimes 32 hours a week for the big $5. So I didn't volunteer as much, but I still continued to volunteer very often, but at the Cove and not a part of the Interact Club. Another thing I really enjoyed about working at the movie theater is that I used to have to work after 12 o'clock sometimes. So I had a special driver's license that, or a piece of paper that would be with my driver's license that I could drive after 12 o'clock, which, I mean, when you're 16, 17 years old, you weren't allowed to drive after after 12 o'clock. So, at my high school, all the parties would close around 11, 12 o'clock, but then I'd go on over to the other high school parties because they'd be going on till 2 o'clock. Those Sydneyers knew how to know how to have a good time and I could drive everybody home because if I wasn't drinking I could drive after 12 o'clock glorious times so I just got back into Survivor this week during social isolation and it's on its 40th episode I've always wanted to be on Survivor but I mean I was never a foodie so I knew I would never be able to eat those worm type of competitions or something But it reminded me of an amazing experience I would have in high school. So I had one of my best friends. She had a movie theater in her home. She also had a bar downstairs too. But we weren't old enough to enjoy that. But the movie theater was like a six or eight seater movie theater. With like a full concessions. Full popcorn. Full bars. Just amazing experiences we'd have there watching any movie. But her and her mother allowed us to have survivor parties in the movie theater so it's still my dream house that home i love that home and we could go in about i'd have 20 different people come every thursday when survivor was on and we'd have a survivor party and i loved survivor and me and my bestie would make the list and we'd invite all the cute boys that we wanted over there to come on over to a survivor party have some popcorn and a chocolate bar I just remembered this story, and that is, gosh, that was wonderful. Now, I've never had a boyfriend, never had a girlfriend in high school. Actually, to this day, still never had a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Wouldn't mind one during this quarantine. (laughs) But high school, I really enjoyed high school. I would say it's my glory days, but I had a good run in my 20s. So those are my glory days. And I remember July... After graduation, because in Nova Scotia, we have all these grad parties. You go, everyone has a big party, and you have a good time, and you get money for your graduation, which I noticed in other provinces, they don't always so much do have a graduation party. So I took, that was my first time taking a full month off of work or everything, was that July birthday month I took off from the movie theater the whole month prior to going into university. Well, folks, that's all today. I'd like to thank you so much for listening on Keeping Up With Conrad, a podcast about nothing and everything. Currently about moi aussi. But as the social distancing comes to an end at some point, 
Who knows what this could be? Again, thanks for listening.